if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you so very much for being with us as we start your Monday at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. That's right, it's Monday the 11th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2020, hopefully. You had a wonderful weekend. If you're a mom, hope you had a really great weekend, even though they couldn't take you out to breakfast anywhere for a nice Mother's Day breakfast or brunch. But uh, hopefully you found a way to... Uh, uh, they, or rather, your family found a way to show you the appreciation you deserve, moms. So uh, thank you so very much. All right. We've got a lot of work to do today. Coming up in about 40 minutes, Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, will be with us. At 1035, we go across the big pond. Uh, Oliver Lane, Breitbart's London Bureau Chief, going to talk to us about the man behind the model. Neil Ferguson, the Brit who created the phony model, the phony climate change model to start, and the same model used to track or predict or prognosticate the number of COVID cases and deaths in the United States and around the world. Um, He was the one who put the model together, and he's the one who put the orders together. Stay at home. That'll keep everybody safe. Stay at home. Social distance except that he didn't practice any of the above, got caught, and uh, we're going to talk about him coming up at 1035 this morning. I want to start today, though, before we get to the actual news of the morning, by saying thank you to all of the patriots who came out to the various Rally Around Ohio events, the Free Ohio Now events uh, that were held on Saturday. I went to the one in Avon, as I promised that I would. I didn't know that I was going to be in the newspaper, by the way, about this. It was kind of funny. I was asked late Thursday during a meeting, Hey, are you going to that event in Avon? Uh, Because I'm a Lorain County resident. And I said, uh, yeah, I believe I am. Why? He said, they want to know if you'll say a couple of words to the crowd. And I said, oh, sure. No problem. Happy to. Saturday morning, it becomes Bob France to speak at... uh, um in the newspaper to speak at Avon Rally. I said it before the event on Facebook. I said it at the event. I want to say it after the event right now. This was not my event. That was the tremendous work of the Lorain County Tea Party. And I got to tell you, there were some really, really great people who were working very hard that day to put this together, to get signs made up, to get that crowd out there. I was not one of them. I was not involved in the organization. I don't want to take any credit whatsoever for being anything, uh, you know, having to do with that, other than I just wanted to be there to show my support for reopening Ohio. 
And so with that, having been said, I want to thank the Lorain County Tea Party for the great work that they did in putting this thing together. And I saw and read some great responses that were held in other county locations as well. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, there were 26 or 29 counties that participated in the Rally Around Ohio events on Saturday. And again, you know, probably with varying degrees of success, given the fact that it was 40 degrees at 1 p.m. on Saturday when this thing got underway. 40 and snow on the ground from the morning from overnight on May 8th and May 9th. Uh, you know, Friday was May 8th, of course, and it snowed in the evening and overnight. I woke up to a winter wonderland. It was unbelievable. And I kind of thought that would keep some people away. But I'll tell you what. I was very impressed with the crowd. I was very impressed with their enthusiasm. And, yes, I was very impressed with their numbers. If you were there, you know uh, the reality. The new Don't trust the newspaper. The local newspaper in Lorain County, in Elyria, uh, undercounted, of course, as they always do. In fact, they even undercounted the number of events. They reported that there were about a 100 uh, people at the Avon event and that there were about a dozen of these things going on around the state. No, it was more than two dozen, and my daughter came with me. Um, this is one of the benefits of the, the uh, shutdown, I guess. She was She's home. She has been home for virtually the entire second semester from Hillsdale, but my daughter came with me, and I asked her to do a count, and she did a hand count of the people there at the speech that I gave, the little remarks, again, that, I, you know, that they asked me to give prior to the event. There were about 100 people there. Then when we got to the corner... Um, all four corners of the intersection were occupied by, uh, you know, patriots who were demanding to, you know, reopen Ohio now. There were just under 200 uh, total people there on the four corners. I asked my daughter, like I said, to kind of go from corner to corner and give a little uh, bit of a, you know, hand count, and she did. And so there was just under 200 people. Don't let the left-wing media try to convince you that the movement to reclaim our liberty and our freedom is not strong. Don't let the left-wing media try to convince you that if you don't support the shutdown and if you support a full-on reopening right now, that you're some kind of a, an excluded nut, that you're just, whoa, outside of the mainstream, and you, uh, what's wrong with you? There are so many more people than they want you to believe. They just don't want you to, to know that you are, you know, your thoughts are shared by other, your views are shared by other people. They want you to feel like you're alone and that's what's going to keep you quiet because you don't want to be the only nut shouting open Ohio now when, you know, a huge number of people are saying, save us, Daddy DeWine, keep us under lock and key, ground us to our rooms. We don't know what's good for ourselves. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't know how to wash our own hands. Please protect us, Daddy. And there are a lot of people yelling that. A lot of, a lot of very sick, and in my opinion, weak people who feel like, honestly, we do need the government to tell us how to live and what to do and where to do it. That we don't know how to protect ourselves from illness. And that we shouldn't be terrified. There's a lot of government people that want us to be terrified uh, of every, every uh, germ that floats in the air. Seriously, including those that have a 99.5% survival rate. Like the Chinese coronavirus, for goodness sakes. That's right, it's less than 1% fatal. And the vast majority of those are in, a, in an older and um, immunocompromised population. But there are more of you than you realize. There are more of us than you realize. Don't listen to the left-wing media.
And that's going to be the lesson that we start today's show with. Don't ever listen to the left-wing media. Chuck Todd, the erstwhile host of Meet the Press, who has done more to damage that brand, the Meet the Press brand, that once was held by some very esteemed and responsible and respected news anchors. That seat, of course, now occupied by Chuck Todd, who is just a full-on leftist, who does everything and anything that he can to tilt, slant, or or sway the news so that it makes him and his liberal friends look good, and it makes Donald Trump and anybody on the conservative side of the political spectrum look bad. He is not a reporter. He is not an objective host. He is not an objective interviewer. He has an angle. He has an agenda. And it's on display virtually every week, but perhaps never as much as it was yesterday. When Chuck Todd, and this is not about the Chinese coronavirus, Chuck Todd was talking to Peggy Noonan, and they were talking about Bill Barr, the Attorney General's decision to drop all charges against newly exonerated former National Security Advisor and three-star general 33 years of service to the United States of America, who was railroaded, we find now, by FBI agents looking to take him down as a way of getting back at Donald Trump for daring to do something that he was not supposed to do, win the election. General Michael Flynn, what Chuck Todd did yesterday was was low even for him and even for them. And I will share that part of the story with you coming up right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine twenty-one now. Good Monday morning to you. We're talking about the media to start the show today and how the media lies uh, in so many different ways to skew your view of things. Um, to say that there's an agenda is a, is a vast understatement. I want to. I, I pointed out at the top as I thanked everybody who came out uh, in Avon on uh, Saturday that there were at least a couple of hundred people there. My daughter went around, went around and tried to do a hand count. At least a couple of hundred people there. Um, maybe more because, of course, I only had her do it once, and people kept showing up. I well, had her. I asked my daughter to do it one time, and people kept showing up as the hour went on that we were outside uh, celebrating freedom and uh, protesting and demanding that Mike uh, DeWine open the state of Ohio right now, all of Ohio. Anyway, uh, I told you the local newspaper in Lorain County uh, said, yeah, there are a hun- about 100 or so people uh, as one of about a dozen events statewide. Again, there were 26 or 29, I can't remember which, events statewide, so at least two dozen plus, and there were at least twice as many people as they claim were there. I literally just got a message from a photographer who works for the newspaper who asked me not to use his name, but I do know this photographer works for the newspaper. I can verify that, and he said, just he just texted me a few moments ago, said, Bob, I'm a photographer. I was at the event, and there were several hundred people there. I'm surrounded by leftists at work. And so that's the, it's exactly right. The media cannot be trusted, which brings me into this conversation. Now, what I'm about to play for you is two parts, actually, and they're both short. Chuck Todd, 
the leftist host of Meet the Press on MS or excuse me on NBC, who has done so much damage to that institution and to that chair that was once actually uh, occupied by actual newsmen. Chuck Todd is a water carrier for the Democrat Party. There's just no other way to say that. Chuck Todd took to the airwaves yesterday to respond to Attorney General William Barr and his decision to drop all charges against General Michael Flynn, who was who was set up by the Obama Department or the Obama Obama Justice Department, the Obama FBI, perhaps with knowledge from the head man himself, His Holy Barakness. But that's another part of the story we'll talk about later. But. Um, we all know what happened, and we all know that the uh, documents have been released, the notes were uncovered, and it was clear that they were trying to trap General Flynn, forcing him into saying things that were not true in order to try to uh, destroy him, and thus, um, uh, potentially, the Trump presidency. Trying to prove that there was some sort of collusion between Donald Trump and his campaign, perhaps by way of General Michael Flynn, thanks to a conversation with a Russian ambassador, uh, to try to destroy the Trump campaign and and create an impeachable offense. We all know what happened, and Bill Barr finally got to the bottom of it and dropped the charges against Flynn. So he did an interview on NBC with, or excuse me, with CBS with Catherine Herridge. And he was asked by Catherine Herridge, how will history, history record your decision to drop the charges against Flynn? Now what you're about to hear is the part of that interview with Catherine Herridge that Chuck Todd and the hacks at NBC's Meet the Press chose to air and respond to. Then you will hear the actual uh, audio or uh, video and audio, the actual interview by Catherine Herridge on CBS with Bill Barr. So listen to what NBC tried to do. When I tell you the left-wing media cannot be trusted ever this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. Uh, you brought up Bill Barr. Peggy Noonan, I want you to listen to this Bill Barr answer to a question about what will history say about this. Wait till you hear this answer. Take a listen. When history looks back on this decision, how do you think it will be written? Well, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on, on <laughs> uh, who's writing the history. I was struck, Peggy, by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He was almost admitting that, yeah, this is a, this is a political job. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He pretty much admitted this was a political job. This is what Chuck Todd concluded from the little tiny portion that he chose to air on NBC's Meet the Press of Bill Barr's answer. He didn't say he was upholding the rule of law. But the problem was, Chuck Todd and his hacks at NBC cut the answer right there before Bill Barr could say, literally, I upheld the rule of law. When history looks back on this decision, how do you think it will be written? Well, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on... on <laughs> Uh, who's writing the history, but I think a fair history would say it was a, it was a good decision because it it upheld the rule of law it helped it it upheld the standards of the Department of Justice and it undid what was an injustice can you can you really believe what you just heard? 
I mean, quite literally, you heard Chuck Todd say, I was struck by the fact that all he did was say that uh, history is going to be written by the winner, so this is going to be political. He didn't even reference upholding the rule of law. It is exactly the part that he cut out, was Bill Barr saying what, he, what Chuck Todd says that he didn't say. I was struck, Peggy, by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He didn't? It was a, it was a good decision because it, it upheld the rule of law. Are, are you following what I'm, what I'm sharing with you here? Chuck Todd literally edited the video, or it had his team edit the video to stop Barr at saying history is written by the winners, so it depends on who writes the history, and that's it. In other words, we will win, we are the winners, so we will write the history, and we'll paint Trump in a good light, paint the decision in a good light. And, and Todd says that's cynical because it didn't even talk about the I was law. struck, Peggy, by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. Sure he did. You chose to hide him making that case from the actual public. You hid this from your viewers. It was a, it was a good decision because it it upheld the rule of law. It helped it it upheld the standards of the Department of Justice, and it undid what was an injustice. You know, a lot of people like to hit our president for um, his commentary about the press being the enemy of the people, the mainstream media being an enemy of the people. They don't like that he takes the media to task. They don't like that he gets into petty wars with them. And I will be honest with you, sometimes I feel like tweets are unnecessary because they do start petty wars with the media. But then times like this happen, and I'm reminded of exactly how evil many, not all, but many in the media really are. And I understand why he goes to war with them. And I support his decision to go to war with them. And I support his description of the media as being the enemy of the people. And oh, by the way, if you don't think that what I just shared with you was completely obvious, an obvious manipulation of the audio of Bill Barr with Catherine Herridge so that Chuck Todd could score political points for him and his side along with Peggy Noonan, who was also just as guilty because she didn't correct any of that, NBC had to admit it. NBC issued a statement acknowledging that this was not completely accurate that some of the information was, um, uh, was, was cut out of the, inadvertently, they said, by the way, cut out of the piece that aired on television. So they actually admitted it. Did they apologize for it? Eh, they said, we regret the error. But they don't acknowledge the obvious fact that it changed the entire dynamic. The context of the accusation against Bill Barr, that he was essentially saying, we win, I'm the AG, I'm in charge, we get to write the history, alleging that, you know, that he's going to, to turn this into something political, rather than something having to do with justice. The rule of law was followed. So NBC admitted what they did, but just are saying that it was inadvertent. How you could cut that right there and then have Chuck Todd specifically comment on what... Um, uh, Barr did say, by alleging that he didn't say it, is beyond just an error and it's beyond just inadvertent. All right. Uh, I do want to get you on the phones, and we'll take your phone calls, but I have a lot of ground to cover. Mike DeWine was on Sunday shows yesterday as well with Chris Wallace on NBC, or excuse me, on Fox, rather. And uh, we've got a little bit of what Mike DeWine had to say that's going to be of great interest to you as well. That's coming up after the news. M1420, The Answer. Go 
36. Now we continue AM 1420, The Answer. One more quick note on the Chuck Todd uh, lie yesterday, and that's essentially what it was uh, before we move on. Um, the statement from NBC acknowledging his lie, acknowledging his deceptive edit of what Bill Barr said, uh, rather than providing the context and the rest of what he said. This was the response from NBC. Quote, your, this is in response to somebody who pointed out, uh, in fact, I think it was... I think it was Bill Barr's office. Yeah, it was the DOJ who actually criticized uh, what they did here and said they were deeply disappointed by the deceptive editing. In a response to that, NBC tweeted, quote, You're correct. Earlier today, we inadvertently and inaccurately, well, the second word is right, cut short a video clip of an interview with A.G. Barr before offering commentary and analysis. The remaining clip included important remarks from the Attorney General that we missed. And we regret the error. Missed? You literally had to cut that where you did in order for Chuck Todd's criticism that was coming to make any sense. Don't say you missed it. You cut it intentionally. In fact, Chuck Todd admitted as much in his lead-up. That part matters. In the lead-up, he said, wait do you hear this. What do you hear what Chuck... Listen to this. this uh, you brought up Bill Barr. Peggy Noonan, I want you to listen to this, Bill Barr. I want you to listen to this. Listen to this. Answer to a question about... What will history say about this? Wait till you hear this answer. Take a listen. Wait until you hear this answer. So, you know, in other words, Chuck Todd knew exactly what they were going to play. And he had his reaction and analysis and commentary locked and loaded. And that commentary would be, oh, my gosh, Bill Barr didn't even talk about the rule of law, just about how this is going to be political. He knew they cut out the part about Bill Barr saying this upholds the rule of law. And NBC wants to give you this ridiculous, lame attempt at an apology. It's not even an apology. It's not even a correction, really, but saying, oh, yeah, we missed it, and we regret the error. How about we apologize to Attorney General Barr for deliberately cutting his answer up and using it to try to publicly disparage him as being more interested in politics than justice? How about that as a statement, NBC? I could go on and on about that, but I don't want to because I want to get back to the state of Ohio now. Also on the uh, Sunday talk shows yesterday, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, our little dictator-in-chief, decided to go on with Chris Wallace. And this is kind of hysterical when you listen to this. Not hysterical in a funny, funny way, but just bizarre. For a good portion of this interview between Chris Wallace and Mike DeWine, you would actually think that Mike DeWine is the one who's right. Mike DeWine, who has kept Ohio on lockdown for you know the last two months virtually, crushing Ohio's economy and Ohio's businesses and Ohio's jobs, Mike DeWine actually looks like the good guy here because Chris Wallace doesn't want him opening him up, opening up the state of Ohio even now. Listen to the lunatic fringe that is Chris Wallace and his questions for Mike DeWine. And DeWine actually sounds like he's the one pushing to open the state, like he would have been marching with us on Saturday. By the end of this week, you will have reopened 90% of Ohio's economy. Not true, not even close to being true, especially when the restaurants that are going to be allowed to be open are only open at first just outside 
eating, and then secondly, inside at 50% capacity. Not even close to being true, opening up Ohio's economy, 90% of it. Do you know how many people cannot reopen because you destroyed their entire businesses? Because they don't have the money to retrofit their buildings with all of your fancy new little um, dividers and, and plexiglass separators between booths and between all these things designed to keep every human being away from every other human being? Don't say that he's opening up 90% of the economy. It's a lie, but anyway... Why do you think you can do that safely, sir? Well, it's really um, a risk no matter what we do. It's a risk if we don't do anything. It's a risk if we, if we do this. Um, what we have done is come up with the best practices uh, for businesses to reopen. We put business people together with health people, had them come up with these best practices. And, Chris, the, you know, the economy is not going to open uh, no matter what we do, whatever we order, unless people have confidence. And we're trying to give them confidence. But at the same time, we're telling... You're not giving them confidence when you're making everybody sit in their own plastic bubble in any business or restaurant in which they, they, they decide to go. That doesn't give them confidence. Telling everybody to wear these fear masks everywhere they go because the air isn't safe, that doesn't inspire confidence. That's going to keep people out of the businesses, Mike DeWine. Telling them, look, the virus is still out there. It's still very, very dangerous. Uh, we have to keep the distancing. Uh, people should wear, wear a mask, uh, wash your hands. I mean, these are basic things that we have to do. We can't let up. That is not going to inspire confidence and inspire people to go back to businesses. Let's look at the path of the virus in your state, because uh, a week ago, since a week ago, Friday, the number of new cases in Ohio has gone down and then back up. And two days ago, last Friday, you had the highest number of new cases since April 20th. So I guess the question, Governor, is, I mean, that would seem to be a red flag right there. You're not meeting the White House gating guideline of a steady downward trajectory in cases for two weeks. Why is that not a red light? So again, here's Chris Wallace essentially trying to convince DeWine into keeping the unconstitutional, tyrannical, crush, uh, job and business crushing, soul crushing, depression causing, anxiety rising, policies in place what are you doing how dare you open back up again and allow people to live freely or at least some small semblance of freedom here's dewine's response well i don't know if anybody's meeting it or not very many states are meeting it uh what we do now have chris is is great capacity in regard to testing we did not have that two weeks ago uh we are standing up a a big force uh, of people uh, to to do uh to go talk to people, uh, try to run that virus down, isolate people. Um, so those are two things we did not have before. That It's a work in progress. We're getting that. If you look at, I look at kind of a 21-day roll, we are really at a plateau with hospitalizations. We are at a plateau with deaths. We are at a plateau uh, in regard to new cases. So, All right, I'm going to pause it there so that I can fast forward to the money shot here. This is the uh, money line. Mike DeWine and trying to justify getting some sort of phase reopening going in the state of Ohio to Chris Wallace, who apparently wants to keep everybody under lock and key. I have no idea why Chris Wallace is in Fox News, but this is the money line. This is the most important part. Listen to what the governor raps with. Carefully, uh, it's not so much about, at this point, orders that I issue or my health director issues. It's really about what, what people do. And I've emphasized that time and time again. We've got to be very careful as we do this, because if we're not careful, we're going to roll backwards. 
we're going to have to shut things down. Uh, and that is not what anyone wants to see. If we're not careful, we're going to roll backwards and we're going to have to shut things down again. I said this on the program last week. I said it to people in my private life who were excited that businesses were opening again. We're nearing the end of this. And I said, watch your step. Be very careful. Do not set yourself up for the big fall. Because what they're going to do is they're going to open some things up a little bit. There's going to there's going to be a spike, probably a modest spike, but a spike. And then Mike DeWine is going to use that spike to say, see, we told you it wasn't time. I did this for you because you complained about the economy. We told you it wasn't time. Now we've got to shut down again. Next time, listen to your daddy. Daddy DeWine and Mommy Acton are not going to let this stay open for long. Mark my words. Congressman Jim Jordan will join me next. AM 1420, The Answer. 9.48, we continue now on AM 1420, The Answer. It's a Monday, and at this time, you know what this means. It's it's uh, Jim Jordan time, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. And before I bring on Congressman Jordan to uh, discuss uh, some of the latest happenings with respect to coronavirus and the swamp in D.C., I want to take the time here and read uh, Congressman Jordan's op-ed written for the Federalist to you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to read his entire op-ed right now before I bring him on. Are you ready for this? We were right about everything. That's it. That's the op-ed Jim Jordan wrote for the Federalist uh, over the weekend. Congressman Jordan joins us right now on AM 1420, The Answer to Explain. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Bob. Good to be with you this morning. Took you a little while to write that one, huh? <laughs> well, Bob, the, I mean, you've, you've had to deal with it, too. I mean, you, there's been a, you and a handful of journalists uh, and, and talk radio and, and a few folks on Fox and a handful of folks in Washington for three years talking about how this was baloney and what they did was so wrong. And last week was sort of the, the ultimate in, like, showing that, you know what, we were right about this. We knew what they did. They set up that they tried to set up the president. They went after the president based on a false dossier. They, they set up Michael Flynn, a three-star general who had served our country. And um, we had some of our media folks tell us that uh, we should do this. It wasn't necessarily my style, but... Uh, we went ahead and wrote that. It was uh, perfect that style. And, it was perfect style. Well, right? because you're kind, you're kind. no, I love it. I mean, honestly, because you're right. You look. You have been, and this is not a criticism, but because it, it was necessary. But you've been very verbose in your defense of President Trump and the Trump campaign in this entire fight against the uh, Mueller investigation and the uh, the Mueller yeah. team, all accusing him of this, 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 and this. And 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 you pointed out all of the missteps by the FBI. I mean, you have been just a a warrior on this, and and you've been very very outspoken about it you've taken a lot of criticism for it now that the documents are being unsealed uh now that uh, some of the handwritten notes of the agents who are going to interview michael flynn have been uncovered now that we know that uh that he's being exonerated and that attorney general Barr is rightly dropping any uh, uh, uh charges yeah. against against uh, um, uh general flynn Congressman, you're right to just say all that stuff I said to you for the last three uh, three years. I don't have to repeat it, but we were right, and 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 you're correct well, to say that. And I hope they see this and they're and they're, and they're just seething as they uh, have to acknowledge the truth here. Well, the key was uh, it's the word we because there were a number of us who uh, in yeah. Congress and and folks like you. So, um, but if you want to really read read Molly Hemingway's piece because we talked about some of this last week, 
but you look at the timeline. January 3rd, uh, Chuck Schumer says, you mess with the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday to get back to this. This is all within three weeks in, in, in January of 2017. January 4th, Peter Strzok on, on, on hearing from the top people at the FBI, the people on the seventh floor, changes what they want to do. They wanted to say, Mike Flynn, there's nothing here. We should, we should drop this, any, any, any case against him. And Peter Strzok says, no, 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 the seventh floor says no. January 5th, President Obama meets in the White House. Now, this is just a few weeks before his administration is done. Meets in the White House with Clapper, Comey, Brennan, all these, and Joe Biden, uh, Sally H., all these key people there. And, and when the meeting's over, he sticks around with Comey and tells Comey, uh, starts talking to Comey about Michael Flynn. January 6th, that same group of people who met with Obama do what? They go up to Trump Tower in New York, and they brief President Trump on the dossier. The dossier they knew was false. The dossier they knew was paid for by the Clinton campaign. The dossier they knew was Russian information. And they go ahead and brief the president-elect on that. And then 12 days later, they go to the White House, sneak into the White House, don't follow protocol, and they trap Michael Flynn, even though they know it's all BS. That all happens in three weeks, three weeks in January 2017, during the transition from the Obama administration to the, to the Trump administration. And the key point is that January 5th meeting, because Obama was in it, and he's, he's instructing Comey what to do the next day up at Trump Tower and, and talking about Michael Flynn, which they go after him two weeks later. That is the scary part. And, that, and you, you want to really get in-depth that read Molly Hemingway's piece in The Federalist that she had out, or, or New York Post, I, I think she had in both places over the weekend, and it lays that out. That's the scary part. And so when we say we were right about everything, that those 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 dates in that three-week time period show that we were right about this stuff. Congressman, you were right. We were right. Everybody who's been doing this great work, uh, I've just been kind of more talking about the great work that you and investigators like Molly and others have done, so I won't include myself there. So I'm going to say you, and you were right about the, the um, level to which the corruption rose, I believe. And that's why you have Barack Obama kind of now breaking his, uh, his silence about this. Well, what is your response to Barack Obama saying that the Attorney General's decision vis-a-vis Flynn here, uh, really puts the entire rule of law at risk? Yeah. Um, is, he, I mean, he's gotta be in legal jeopardy here now, does he not? But, but, I mean, the rule of law was, is what they violate. It, 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 this is the part that drives me crazy. I know it drives you crazy as well. What they always accuse conservatives and Republicans of doing what they did. They said, oh, it was Donald Trump colluding with Russia, when in fact it was the Clinton campaign working with Russia, and Russians gave him disinformation, and they passed it on. As, it, it, they, they always accuse us. So when Obama says, oh, there was a, there's a concern with uh, adherence to the rule of law, the rule of law was what you guys didn't follow when you did this. The rule of law is what you didn't follow even before that. When Go back. Go back. Eight, nine years ago when they targeted conservatives using the IRS. So they always accuse us of what they're doing. And for them now to say, like, somehow Bill Barr is not following the rule of law is, is, the, is the worst. And it is so untrue because, in fact, Bill Barr is the guy who come in and said, we're going to clean this up and we're going to figure out exactly what happened. And, and, and God bless him, he's doing just that. You know, he is. Uh, and one more thought on Obama, just again, to, to remind everybody of these things, you know, and we're going to need more than just five word op-eds from you to do this. We're going to have to remind everybody uh, about uh, some of the evidence here, including text messages that have been released that have been uncovered yeah. between yeah. Strzok and Page, especially the one in which Page wrote September 2nd, 2016. Uh, she was preparing talking points because, quote, POTUS, President of the United States wants to know everything we're doing. That means yeah. Obama was in on this, if not coordinating it, was being kept abreast of it, and certainly not doing anything to stop it, despite its illegality. Yeah, and that that January fifth, twenty. 20- 
17 meeting that we now know about where Obama is talking about Mike Flynn to who? Jim Comey. It's interesting what Molly points out. She says it's the, the president asked Comey to stick around. Why? Because Comey's going to be staying on in the next administration. And so when the next day, January 6th, when they go up to Trump Tower and they brief the president, the intel community, Clapper, Brennan, Comey, they all go up there to brief the president-elect, tell President Trump, here's what's coming. Get the normal briefing. You have to do this when you're transitioning administration. This is, this is how it works. They go up to briefing. Who sticks around to talk to him about the, the, the dossier? The dossier that, again, they already knew was false. Who sticks around to do it? Jim Comey, who's going to be sticking around in the next administration. Not Comey, not, or, or, excuse me, not Clapper, not Brennan, but Jim Comey does that. So th- th- that is an, an important point, how these folks operate. And you're, th- this, this, uh, this text message from the September 2nd, also remember the now famous text message, the insurance policy. I think right. the insurance policy changed over time. I think initially the insurance policy was the investigation itself that they launched in January of 2016. But then they say, whoa, President Trump won this election. Now what's the insurance well, the insurance policy became then, we got to get Michael Flynn, because Michael Flynn knows how intelligence works. He was the director of intelligence for the, for the, uh, for the military, and the Obama administration was, was, uh, was let go. So he knows how this works. He's going to figure us out. Now the insurance policy, let's go after Michael Flynn. And then after they get Flynn, they said, oh, when Jim Comey gets fired, what did the insurance policy become then? It became Jim Comey leaking his memos, remember this? To get Bob Mueller, Bob Mueller became the insurance policy. So there was always an insurance policy. It just transformed over time to protect themselves because of what they were doing, trying to do to to, uh, to President Trump and his campaign. Let me pivot, Congressman Jordan, to the media here and their coverage of this yesterday. And I'm sure you saw it like everybody else did. Chuck Todd on, on Meet the Press yesterday did this. When history looks back on this decision... How do you think it will be written? Well, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on, on uh, who's writing the history. I was struck, Peggy, by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He was struck by the fact that he didn't make the case that yeah. he was upholding the rule of law, except for the fact that... It was a, it was a good decision because it, it upheld the rule of law. I mean, they literally cut the second half of his answer to Catherine Herridge off so that he, Chuck Todd, and Peggy Noonan could sit there and rip him for not adhering to the rule of law. Congressman, yeah. when President Trump says yeah. that the media is the enemy of the people sometimes, I mean, right, this is it. Yeah, and that's why we, that's what we've been fighting for three years. Not just the, not just the, the the folks in the Obama administration who did this to President Trump's campaign, but the the press and some of those same people are now part of the press, and they they've been continuing to lie for three years, even though they said something different under oath when they were deposed by the Intel Committee, like Mr. Clapper. No, that the cynicism. I, I, it's just interesting the word Chuck Todd used. The cynic, the cynicism is what you just did that you didn't tell the truth. That's that's the real cynicism here. Like, come on. Uh, Holy cow! To get on and then the non-apology, yeah, the non-apology yeah. by the Meet the Press later saying, "Oh, we inadvertently left something out. We missed it. How could yeah. you miss it?" Chuck yeah. Todd literally set up the uh, the audio clip by saying, "Wait until you hear this. Wait until you hear this. This is what he said," and yeah. and then played it yeah. and then responded to it when they knew exactly what they had cut. It wasn't inadvertent. It was yeah. intentional with an attempt to embarrass Bill Barr. It's impossible to miss because he said it the next sentence, the very next sentence. He talked about the rule of law. You got to be kidding me. Bill Barr is doing a good job, and that's what bothers him. That's what bothers these guys is he's doing he's doing the right the right work and getting to the truth. And suddenly, their big long narrative is being exposed for what it was—an uh, attempt to go after the president of the United States and a bunch of baloney. 
Uh, last thing, we cannot have a conversation in this age, in this day, with, uh, without talking about the Chinese coronavirus. So um, Secretary Mnuchin said over the weekend that reopening the country is of paramount importance right now because if we do not, we will suffer, quote, permanent economic damage. Uh, I, you know, We're already up to, what, 33 million unemployed Americans, and that's just on yeah. the books. We know their number is obviously going to be much higher than that. The real unemployment rate is probably closer to 20% than 147 uh, If it isn't yeah already permanent damage which I, I think it probably is he said it will be very soon um what is your confidence level that all of the states that need to reopen will get that done and and what can the federal government do to put pressure on them for uh, uh, you know i'm optimistic because you, you know like we're americans shoot you got to be optimistic this is, this is who we are and and bob I, I think it was two weeks ago uh you and i were on this the same conversation and we were both saying because they were, you know, Pelosi's talking about phase four, and I think we both said the best phase four is to go back to work, for goodness sake. And yeah. so we're starting to see that happen in state after state after state. Thank goodness we're moving in that direction here in Ohio. So uh, Secretary Mnuchin, who's done a great job, he's done a great job of, of dealing with this crisis, uh, getting make this uh, uh, pay, paycheck protection program and other things that have been there, but he is exactly right. The only way this works now is we have to go back to work got to follow good good guidelines and everything else but let's get back to work and americans want to go back i mean when you're out and about you can feel it you can sense it you can you talk to people i was talking to a guy the other night at, at the kroger store and he, you can just tell people want to get back out and go get, get to work and get things moving back to normal so let's do that let's do it as quickly as possible but i could not agree more Congressman, as we wrap it up here i took some time to write a rebuttal to your op-ed and my rebuttal to your op-ed is you damn sure were that's uh, that's that's <laughs> you're, you're very kind, Bob. Thanks well, you know, I, 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 hey, without you know guys what? like you talking about it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, without I, I pre- guys you like you talking about it doesn't work. I mean, the American people would not have got this information, but for uh, a, a handful of folks around the, the the country in the media who were willing to go against the mainstream press and tell the truth. And so we appreciate you and folks like Sean Hannity and others on on Fox mm-hmm. and other key radio and, and Molly Hemingway. She she's she started writing about this stuff in the spring of 17. I remember calling her up because I read one of her pieces, and I said, I think something's wrong here, too, and and you've been writing about this. And we started talking, her and other journalists, Byron York and others, John Solomon. It's like there's a handful who were willing to dig in and do what journalists are supposed to do right. and get to the truth, and God bless you guys. Molly is equal parts brilliant and fearless because it, it really is. It it takes uh, you know it takes some guts to do some of the stuff that she started way back then. Congressman Jordan, thank you. God bless. Appreciate it. We'll talk you to you soon. Thank you. Take care, Jim Jordan on AM fourteen twenty. The answer back.